Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right, welcome to the HodgePodge podcast. Another great one for you today. This one, <laughs> this one, um, this is a long-winded one. You don't really hear me or Big Shrimp talk a lot. We collaborated with this one with with our friend Brittany Bexton. Um, so we're talking about how country music doesn't have a lot of women in country music and how we can fix that and how we're trying to fix it and why there should be more. So it's a great episode. It's a little long, and Brittany, she, um, she, uh, <laughs> She would let us get a word in, word in edgewise, which I love. I love that, by the way. Don't think I'm being hated or uh, being, you know, having hate when I say that. Because I, 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 I mean that with all sincere that I have in my art. Um, that's the best thing we can do is to have long-witted people on. Because if you don't, sometimes it gets rough. I'm not going to lie to you. So, um, there's, there's really no point in the... Uh, no point. But what I'm saying is there's really no... I wasn't going to come on here and do this. I was just going to put the podcast up, with the, do the theme music, and then put this up. But I figured I'd come on and do this introduction. Um, just to give you a taste of what is going on. This is a different podcast. The first time me and... Me and eh, it's the first time me and Big Shrimp have ever podcasted on each other's thing... A three-way. We, we've joined three-ways before. Not in that sense. Get your mind out of the gutter, people. Three-way calls. Um, we've done that with, on mine with Starbucks Steven. And the next episode that's going up right after this one will be um, will, will, will be another one. But before we get to there, let's stick with this one. We want women back in country with Brittany Bexton and Big Shrimp. So before we get there, I do want to let you guys know Give this a five-star review. If you like it, write a review. Tell me that you're listening to it. Screenshot you're listening to it. Tag me at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge, either on Instagram and Twitter, and I will share that because I love seeing people do that. All right, that does it. I, I, I'm, I'm done talking here. Let's go over right now to Brittany Bexton and Big Shrimp and D. Hodge. Me, well, we, went, we want women back in country. Hey, it's Big Shrimp. Joined by producer Hodge. Joined by Brittany Bexton. What's going on, folks? Hello, hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey. Good. How are you doing? I'm making it. I'm making it. I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, this one will be interesting, guys. We've got a doozy for you. The state of country music but the lack of showcasing women, I guess is what we keep, I don't know. And it's um, it's a topic that I'm passionate about. I know it's a topic Brittany is passionate about. And uh, yeah. Audrey and I were talking earlier, and uh, I thought, you know, a lot of people wonder why even though I stayed all the time, not something percent of my guests on my podcast or females is because I feel like they're not getting a fair shake. And, um, you know, you know what's crazy, Brittany, is that, honestly, if you look at the whole landscape of the artists that are just in Nashville alone, 
Shania was what? Carrie, maybe? One of the or the next biggest female
country music happens to be one. Now, the irony being, women dominate in pop music. There are some big male pop artists, but overall, women dominate pop because pop understands that women sell. And the irony of that being that the target market of pop is young adults and teenagers, right? Right. So pop understands that young adults and teenagers really like female artists. Now the irony of this, we're going to go into country music first, but that country music is trying to pick up a younger viewership, which is why they're crossing into some of the pop stuff, some of the pit pop that becomes such a pop over melting pop, right? But right. we're leaving out the female artists still. In fact, it's gotten progressively worse over the years. So. Female artists have never gotten the same fair shake that men do ever. Even in the 90s, when I would say that in some ways females dominated the part, yeah. at the same time, they were still not played as much as their male counterparts. When you look at the percentages, there's just such a small percentage of women compared to men. However, it has gotten progressively worse in the recent years. But what's really interesting is that, well, females dominate pop and some of the standard songwriter genres. Country has been notoriously sexist for women because it's a good old boys club. It always has been. And it puts female artists in the industry in a really weird place. But I can just say from personal experience that the attitude that the industry takes on it is that women don't sell, they can't make money off of women. Well, I think that that's a whole load of BS. I don't just think that. It's proven. <laughs> if you just no. said right. Here, right. I know it. I know it. If you look at pop and you look at the sales growth thing there and you realize that it's all women, you can't tell me the country's not going to have the same thing. Yeah. You look at the viewership of country music and the original fans, right? And the market that they target it to, and it's women between 25 and 40, usually, right? Like, that is the target market for country. And then you add in layers, like, they assume that they've been through some bad relationships and such. So they've decided that because it's women, that must mean that women only like sports and men. But what the good old boys don't understand is that women appreciate women, too. Not just because women understand what women go through and can speak to it and sing to it more easily than men, but, also, that even though they kind of take this assumption that sex sells and that they're marketing to women, that it must be the men that they need to sell, what the industry is kind of losing out is that women appreciate the sex that women do, even if they're straight. I agree completely. interesting difference between men and women. Like, if there is someone on stage dancing, that is a woman and she's doing a great job and she's attractive, women are still going to get excited with her because that is sort of the way women work, right? So, on top of that, you have this issue of we're talking about singing to people that have been through some trauma and drama and are women with this age range, right? So, it only makes sense that they would relate to another woman singing about the same things with their doctor. I mean, I know personally, as a woman, has enjoyed country music in the past and just music in general, I actually prefer the same female artist most of the time. 
Now, I have some favorite male artists. There are a lot that I really like. And when I really like them, I'll get a bunch of their stuff. Books and Down has always been a favorite of mine. There are many, many others, including friends of mine that aren't big names, but I love their music, you know? But I would say that by and large, if you look at my collection of music, it's either bands, but not full artists, but bands, or women. Women don't sell and women don't sell in country. 
do need to saying this, but this time, you know what, because I have no idea what they're talking about. They're just being chauvinistic. They want to keep things the way they want to keep them and control the industry the way they want to control it. Well, here's and the thing. The auto label heads, PDs, program directors, uh, station managers, the suits, as uh, they are called a lot of times, are primarily men. And you would think they would want to play women, you know, because they're attracted to women. But you know what happens, Brittany um, and Hodge, what happens a lot of times, or what I've noticed in country music is, almost the same thing that's happened in the hip-hop world. There aren't very many female rappers that are known of, right? And so in the hip-hop world, you get a lot of male rappers talking about, you know, I've got these big-ass rims on my car, I've got all these women on my side, I go to the club, I'm popping bottles. It's sex, party, hot girls, nice car, fancy clothes, right? Yeah. Well, in the country world, um, you can't talk about having hoes, but you can talk about bikini girls at the beach, you talk about sipping on a Budweiser Corona, talk about your big pickup truck. It's the same dynamic, just from a different culture's perspective. And what happens is we lose the relatability that females bring to the table with heartbreak, with falling in love, with, oh no, you're not going to take my man from me. Like, those songs are what built. Or like, man, I feel like a woman. Well, if you if you think about it, country radio. If you look behind the scenes, it's mostly a bunch of older men that are old school and they want women to do what they used to do back in the day: sit home, take care of the kids, and they want the men to be out and take the meat. If you think about it, that's really what's happening in this situation, and it's been happening forever. Yeah. Well, and that brings up a whole other thing, because even though it was naked in the industry, discriminated, discriminated against for their age, regardless of what they look like and how well they're Right. And if they get married, they can be dropped by their labels. Just because the labels assume that they're going to have kids and split. Like, no, I'm going to say it's not quick. I'm going to cut you off. Wait, 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 wait. Sarah I... Evans, let me finish the thought. Sarah <laughs> Evans. <laughs> That thing is after her kids, along with many other artists, but it's continued on after baby. That, that's very true, but Stella Evans, unfortunately, while she deserves to be top of the food chain, she isn't portrayed that way. Uh, here, here's the thing. Well, she was uh, for a period of time, though. She was at the top. She was single most of the year. She was people of the hottest female. I have... I've had two female artists that shall remain nameless that have told me in private that they were pretty much told in general terms that, oh no, now that you're in a serious relationship or don't get pregnant because if you do, oh my God, yes. men won't want to have sex with you. Exactly. Meaning, yeah. that if they don't want to have sex with you, they don't want to support your music, which is a little yeah. crap, too. And you're also not going to believe well, how many people have come to me who also remain nameless, who is like, okay, we're going to sign you, but the thing is, you're going to have to have sex with me. And that is, that's another big deal that yeah. we're having to deal with, is they're now going to have to do this because it's what they want to do. They're going to have to have sex for, 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 for fame. 
Big Shrimp, I think let, let's just say Blake Shelton puts out a song and he calls it Sticky Note you know if he puts it out as a single it's easily going to be a top 10 like you said, 
But I think it's because yeah. they know Blake Shelton is going to sell this many X amount of singles, X amount of albums. So I think they push that furthermore yeah. instead of an upcoming female artist that they should put more into if they really sign them instead of just dropping them if their couple singles don't work. And I think that's yeah. I think that's where the system is kind of screwed up in that in that in that area. Well, it's interesting. Because we're talking kind of about radio testing, right? And yes, a certain amount of money needs to be put behind things, and it's timing too. I will say timing has a lot to do with number one. When you're talking number one, if you're talking money, first timing second, I would say. But you know, the mixture of things has to be just right. Talking about ringing first big song out was the number one, first big timing of it. It was right around that tomato fiasco, which is exactly what we're talking about. There was a radio consultant that was interviewed by one of the major publications here in Nashville, and they asked him, what do you tell radio stations that they should look for in their music? And the guy blatantly said, they need to leave the women out of country radio. And then he went on to say, that women are like the tomatoes and salad, they're unnecessary, and men are the lettuce, the important part. They right. make believe women off the country radio. And that's the radio consultant just telling the stations what to do. Well, of course, this came out in a major publication and all upheaval broke loose. And people like Martina McBride, Ryan Lambert, all of them, everyone went crazy about it. Well, guess what? Radio needed a woman's break at the time. They needed a woman's song to come out. That's right when Chelsea Delarine's song dropped. And it was catchy, and it was an easy number one in some ways, right? So it's timing and it's money. But it's kind of about getting the magic combination, really. Getting the right course and people behind you. But it is. It's a challenge in the industry for women, a lot especially. Of it. A lot of it is. A lot of times, it's the old saying, if it isn't, uh, well, don't fix it, which, truthfully, the industry is broken, needs to be fixed. Right. Yeah. I think what happens is, um, heads of departments, they find a formula, uh, work for somebody, and, and we'll talk about Florida, Georgia Line, and Bro Country. It discovered that that sound worked, and so they started pushing out a whole bunch of other males that could duplicate that sound, and uh, then Bro Country became a legitimate, um, a legitimate subgenre of country music that dominated. Well, I think it's starting to fade. But I love um, you saying subgenre, which it is in a sense, but it's pretty much the only genre that you hear on country radio right now. Yeah, well, it is, but I say subgenre because at the end of the day, I think it'll shift and it'll, it'll take its rightful place to stop. And, um, I think hopefully. so too. I do. Well, take it this way, man. And, Brittany, um, we were talking earlier about how a lot of artists and females in, in any kind of entertainment industry might have to sleep with one of the bigger bosses to even get a little cut. If you think about it, take this for example, Lindsay L, she was doing fantastic and then it came out she was dating Bobby Bones and guess what happened? She was getting boycotted because now they're thinking, oh, guess what? 
she's dating him, so now they're going to get all these plays, and now she's going to have all these number ones and become this rich person all because she's dating someone in the industry. And I think I think it's, you're screwed up any way you go. You can't go left. You can't go right. You can't go up. You can't go down. Well, the people like Bobby Bones, even though he's done really well, have gotten respect from the industry a lot as well because he breaks the mold. Right. Yeah. He isn't one of their good old boys that's been in country radio specifically for so many years. And there was a whole bunch of us people in Nashville when he first came to town and started getting awards and things because the little boys and the people who have been here for so many years doing their thing felt like they were given the shaft for this young guy that came out of the door, right? Yeah. So it kind of is. It's threatening their system, right? And anything that threatens their system and the way that they've done things and made money and dominated, they just frown upon, you know? The irony being that there have been time frames when there was more good eras for women in country music. And I'm going to say, like, the 90s, even though men still want to play more on radio, Women in country music did really well in the 90s. And I had a prominent role. Right. Right. And I would say that the 90s music, country music, is true. That women do great on radio, you know? That also brings me, we're talking about radio and how they decide number ones and all of that. When you do radio testing early on, because you want to test out a single and see how much listeners like there's sometimes that might be how they decide where to put some of the money initially, sure. right? Sure. As far as what singles to push or what artists and such as well, they they do a little bit of testing. But part of the reason this radio consultant claims that women don't sell or that they should keep women off of country radio is because they claim that they have done testing and that the women that they've tested and the audience that they've tested chooses the men over the women. But I can say, I have been part of some of that radio testing. And there's a reason. It's because it's not like it's every artist that they're given that they play and you get to choose between every artist. They give you a small sampling of songs. And those are songs that have only had to go that far anyway. So whatever they've decided to push. Now, the interesting thing is the women or the girls that the industry tends to push are just after girls. They prefer women that are young because they're trying to hit for the next Taylor Swift to bring in that younger audience, right? But the main viewership, listenership of country music is adult women, not young girls. The young girls were in the cars with their moms. This is why Taylor Swift became a hit. Right? When she was younger. Right. But the main listenership is still older women. So when you're talking about doing radio testing, and the only woman or the only female artist that you throw into this group of testing is some young girls singing about teeny bopper stuff, who do you think a woman being tested is going to choose? Them or a male song that's a good one? They're going to choose the uh, male very song. Fair. Very fair, I think. And if older women, older women, and the industry has allowed in to that testing, right? So if they haven't even allowed all of the artists in, it's not really a proper test of this. It's not a scientific test that's proven because there isn't really a control group. It's their 
small ponds, big kinds of those things, and then let people choose from, and it's contaminated. I agree. Older women, they want something they can relate to. They don't want to hear about, you know, titty boppers or... They really don't even want to hear about a whole a bunch of dudes, you know, partying it up. They want to hear about, you know, hey, I'm 45 and, you know, I'm going through menopause. I want to hear another woman talk about how much this sucks. Or my husband of 20 years walked out on me for someone younger right. and prettier. They want I want to hear, hear, I want to hear that. Like they want to hear songs like, bad boys just don't walk away, you know? Or, oh my gosh, they still have had so many great songs over the years. She had a song called Fireflies a few years back, and some of her ballads have been crazy good. Now, there have been some male artists that have sung about some real things over time, too, like, as a fit back in the day, and pop the ballads. And I'm not saying that there's not place for us tempos. I mean, my God, like you said earlier, there have been some great songs like female and male artists that are a celebration and dancing, like a lot of smart plain stuff. Man, I feel like a woman. You know, I mean, it's a dance song that's celebrating women. And women love it. Women love it, you know? Yeah. So there's a yeah, place I, for I, different music. It's just about when it gets so saturated in one area that we're just not even getting the full breadth of it anymore. I think it'd be really interesting if some of these um, record executives and uh, program directors actually took a trip down to Broadway and listened to what a lot of the songs that are requested at Toro Star. I'm sure some of them are kind and some of them are, uh, you know, real country or whatever, but Brittany, you know that I've spent, um, I used to go to Broadway seven days a week for most hours a day, you know, and I can tell you, people tip and they tip well requesting songs from the past that still hold up today because they were songs that had meaning and they were relatable. And um, I don't know, I don't think in 20 years you're going to hear a whole lot of people requesting crews unless they were. 15 or 16 when a song came out, yeah. you know, and it right. them in, but. Well, and the reality is there are songs that are lifetime songs that people will want there forever, and there are songs that might be number ones when they're around because they're a great dance song or whatever, but no one's going to know what they are in 20 years, or if they do, that's not going to necessarily be a song that they want to hear. I mean, Ace and Gracie Heart was huge back in the day, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's a dance song, and now it's kind of an outdated dance song. It doesn't say anything that people in Massachusetts feel the way to now, you know? So, unless someone's being nostalgic, it's not going to be playing on the radio much at this point, right? But then there are songs that are story songs and up-tempo, like, you know, the song that Tim McGraw famous that we're now with. outdated in a few years. There's some skip of that 
that people can relate to that reminds them of a time in their life that they can almost taste the smell people, right? Well, that's what a really good song does. There are songs that are just timeless because they cut people in a much deeper level than just being a song. And I'm not saying that some songs don't have their place. They do. I mean, we all need an excuse to go out dancing, and we need the fun, fun, line dance songs and whatever, right? They have their place. But those aren't necessarily songs that are going to be around 20, 30 years from now and have meaning. So they have their place, and we all have a range of emotions that we feel. And sometimes we want to feel celebratory, we want to feel goofy. Sometimes I might want to feel like a a drunken fraternity boy and listen to Red Solo Cup. But at the end of the day, um, just because different styles or different uh, types have their place, it doesn't mean that those types and styles need to be overly saturated and be dominating the market and taking away from others. That's exactly right. um, uh, Music, by and large... Um, on a mainstream scale, it's a lacking substance, and, and that really bothers me. I want to um, segue a minute. We talked about Bobby Bones earlier, and anybody that listens to this show, anybody that knows me, Brittany, you know this very well, and so do you, Hodge. Bobby Bones is the king diggling of my heart. He is the king. I'm the biggest boner of the boner club. <laughs> I'm an idiot. But no, Bobby, seriously, he did. He got a lot of flack at first when he moved to Nashville from Austin because they, they, they were people that would interview him by national news. Yeah. Interview. And you could find it on YouTube. Why don't you wear a cowboy hat? Or a cowboy belt buckle and cowboy boots? <laughs> like, what the hell does that matter? They really spent money <laughs> wanting to know. They really spent money wanting to know are you really authentic enough to be a country DJ? Because you don't fit the mold. And, 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 and you know what's best about way. that, though, truly, is that Nashville is one of the least country towns I have ever been to. I am from California originally, and I grew up riding horses bareback and with people that worked on ranches and dairy farms. Bareback, did you? you know? <laughs> Like, I legitimately, what did you think? What did you think? I said, I said, bareback did you. Ah, of course you did. That doesn't mean what you'd like to think it means. Before anybody sends me an ass to email, Brittany is like a sister and treats her far worse. Yeah, but you're talking about, okay, you're you're kind of putting yourself in a deep, 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 deeper hole. Get a rise out of me at any point possible. And by the way, Brittany, by the way, I, when I was going through, wait, 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 wait. When I was going through messages <laughs> earlier looking for this clip, I'm getting ready to play in a minute. I told Dell and I five times, I said, man, I've sent Brittany some crazy crap over the years. I, I've sent her some sick stuff. No kidding. I have to put up with you. I can't believe it. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany, a little personal question here from, yeah. from, from from Eric. Do you think does he still send you the all these pictures of all these chicks like he sends me every day, all day long? Yes, constantly. Constantly. I've seen a million times. I don't want to see pictures of those butts. Well, this is the thing. I'm a 
I'm a dude and I like chicks. But sometimes it's just, it's like, people could go through my, my text messages and act like I'm sending porn through somebody, you know? He just sends that much stuff, and it's like, God, Lee. The question is, the question is, does he make well, the thing is, he sends like maybe he'll maybe he'll send like fifteen photos and like six videos, and then I don't say nothing. Did you watch that video yet? Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. Have that time. And he's like, well, you need to go watch it, and then I'll. <laughs> Eric, I've you, told him about a hundred times. <laughs> Not send me pictures via text Okay. 
Well, I'm going to uh, take a square peg, shove it in a round hole, and fill it off the round. And I'm going to make it, and I'm just going to be a real jerk about it. So that's all. It's just important for fairness. It's not important about anything specifically. It's just fairness. It has male, female, tall, short. I just want... Everybody have a shot, an equal shot. I don't care if it's 70-30 female, 70-30 male, as long as everything is heard, it's factored in fairly. That's really what it's about to me. It's not about one more than the other. All things should be looked at the same. Everybody should be looked at the same. So I'm not going to do that. I want to be looked at the same. So what are you? So it's unfair that some people aren't. Now you're going to be passionate about it, but that's, that's why we're doing it. Yeah, that's from a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, I, uh, um, I, um, I agree. He said at least, as long as it gets at least where it's almost evened out perfectly, it's fine. If it's 70-30, but if you look at it now, it's what, 98-2, 99-1? Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw it broken down recently, and it's actually painful to look at the stats. And you know it's bad, but when you see the stats, it's just in your face bad. stupid but I think about it all the time now now that country radio is let's just, let's just, let's just say 99 one 99 male one percent female if you listen to the lyrics in the song 90 probably 97 percent of the songs that released to country radio are about how kind of how bad women are because they left me in this position they did this to me they did that to me but then there's only a minor three percent that's like, oh, it's my fault, and, and I and I wonder is 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 that a breaking the ice thing or is that just like 
this is how they look at it because, oh, women are the, the bad fault of all relationships, so maybe we shouldn't play them. Do you think that's why maybe they get a lack of interest in? Because I think about that all the time. I don't know if that's something stupid for me to think of, but... I'm not sure I really understood the question. Yeah, your phone kept breaking up, Mike. I don't know what part you're really around. Oh, n- never mind. Just skip it. Go ahead. Talk. Talk. Go Go ahead. Just go. <laughs> It's kind of what I picked up was that it's mostly guys complaining about how they were done wrong and then exactly. Yeah, do you right. think, do you think but, that it's it's a knock on women right that whenever men do something about women it's usually about um what you did wrong instead of celebrating women. Do you find fault I mean, with that? I would say that that is a knock on women. I don't know if that's really what I've heard. What I've heard is mostly men celebrating women, but not actually celebrating women, celebrating their bodies and the things that yeah. they can do to them on country radio. I would say this. Chris Jansen just put out a song a couple, about a year ago. I love Chris um, Jansen. Um, uh, Bobby Brookham. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> um he, um, it was about a drunk girl, home. take a drunk girl home, yeah. And I thought that is so beautiful, and of course Bobby did too, and anything Bobby says I agree with, because he's the key thing only in my heart, but All the right, key thing only at my heart strings. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, dude, you don't know, man. Brittany has had to put up with hours of that. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing ding-a-ling, okay? I don't like you know that word. hilarious, though? What's that? It, he harasses me about stuff all the time, and he's like, Brittany, does he does he ever repeatedly beat into your head that he should have kissed Bobby on that night that he almost kissed him? <laughs> It showed he didn't want it. He yeah, turned his head no, just like you did with him. It showed it was all a joke. It was. T- it showed that he was joking, and it showed that he I really don't care not if it was a joke or not a joke. I'm just saying, <laughs> man. If my nurse had not the best of me, I'm gonna Your nerves. <laughs> your nerves. So if he would have come up there and said, "Okay, let, let's take for example, you're you're a big fan of Alyssa Ragu. Let's say if that had to happen." Okay, would your nerves would have got the best of you if she would have tried to give you a kiss? Yeah, man. Anyway, they okay. were just standing in front of like thousands of people, you know, and I just, it's, it wasn't planned. I didn't, he didn't say, hey, Eric, I'm going to bring you on stage. Like, he seemed to say, is Eric here? Where's Eric? Stand up, dude, and just come back. You're coming up on stage. And I'm like, you're right. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Eric, go, 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 go. This made it sound like it's taking a step way back when Bobby, you know, went to sit there. 
And then he sent me the video, and really he just did the Egyptian. <laughs> you know, popped his head backwards a little bit, and rejected Bobby. And <laughs> people. I, I think will say Bobby's got some nice... Bobby's got some nice nose hairs, from what I could tell. Okay, all no right. Okay. All right. Okay, enough. Enough. <laughs> it's creeping me out. Uh, it's creeping me out. Bobby probably doesn't want you to be talking about his nose hairs on air either. So it's creeping me out, dude, when you say, there. when you're talking about, oh my God, look at this, look at his nose hair, and I should have kissed him, and then you're saying he's the king dingling. I, I know what you're saying, king dingling. I know what you're saying, king dingling of your heart. But it's still kind of hard to comprehend when you say king dingling, oh man, I should have kissed him, and man, he should. He had some nice nose hairs. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's really a weird. bit much. It's and, and it's now, a bit much. now I'm trying to get. I'm, I'm kind of getting weirded out about moving in with you because I'm kind of getting freaked out. I don't think that anything's related to Bobby without Eric thinking, "Oh my God, this is just." No, and you know I'm like, the biggest thing in the bathroom. Oh God, it's so amazing. Look at the fingernails for things. It's so sexy. <laughs> Yeah. 
I mean, it has been like funny to keep a secret for a while on that. I would say, by and large, it's definitely a thing. But keep it yeah, a secret and let the industry put you together. Right. Keep it a secret and let the industry be a power couple. Or even if the industry didn't put you together, if you could be a power couple and help promote these stuff to be this is those big artists like Blake Shelton, Miranda Lambert, you know, their careers won't skyrocketed because of these others. Country men singing country music. You would not. You you would not because it, it wouldn't it wouldn't last. They're the whole reason. Well, the reality the is that women are still the opposite of pretty much everything. <laughs> Whether it's in a good way or a negative one. Oh, very true. Um, I need to, I need to put in a um, a cautionary real quick. Um, Mr. Bobby Bones, if you're listening, please call me creeped out. I would not really like to be in else and talk about how I, they, they were sexy, and I don't think our listeners were sexy either. That was a joke. Uh, I do appreciate all of you. You are the king of England on my heartstrings. That is all. We get it. That is all. Okay. Well, on that note, I'm just going to disclaimer this and say we should meet sometimes. Just scare the living bejeweled out of Eric. Oh, gosh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't think, Bobby, that you guys would be... I didn't think you guys would make a cute couple. Um, that... I don't know. Wow, um, that was an interesting thing to go after that. Oh, I did. <laughs> I have to be honest. I don't like to lie, so... It's the truth, but, um... Yeah, anyway, so, um... I think we brought the conversation full circle. Conversation. Nope, I did not like to add anything about Kelly Clarkson. You know I don't like Fiona. Um, I don't like that ogre, so just I'm um, gonna stay out of it. Oh my gosh, he's so rude, Brittany. Oh okay, before I get any backlash, Brittany, how can we find you on social media? Unless you have something you want to add, <laughs> do not trust what you just said. I do not want to go into a debate here. Do you have anything you want to add, Brittany? <laughs> Probably made a lot of people last night, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll do my socials anyway because I'm kind of beyond scary. Because I feel like good music gets the shakes that it deserves, and that's the one that gets to decide what my music goes. Not that. So, on that note, 
Well, with that, you, you kind of left the country thing behind, and you, you're really focused on this relational uh, Christian type stuff, anyways, right now. So, um, well, yeah, my music roots rock, really, you know, and based in real life. I talk to my time. I don't really do, I do write worship music, but my album isn't really worship music. It's crossover music, you know, music between people where they're at, basically. And inspirational music, I, really. I told someone that, you know, when I'm singing worship music, I'm singing to God. That's what I do in church. That's what I do to worship Him. But if I'm going to be honest, I feel like the work that I put out is supposed to speak to people. It's not about speaking to God. God already knows my heart. It's about speaking to people that are hurting and pointing them to God and giving them hope, right? So, I want, I want about to, the feeling condition. I want to ask you a question, Brittany. You, you, could you, could you yeah. are, you're a Christian artist. Um, you, you write Christian music as well. Is it harder to write Christian music because you, you, you can make it any way you want, but you have to bring it back to that one thing. You know, you have to bring it back to God. He's the reason. Is it harder to write a Christian song more than it would be? You know, you could write about anything else because to me that would seem like it would be tough because everybody's used every example. I think if it's not a worship song, it is harder to write because you have to make sure that it points back to God, right? In some right, way right, or another. Right, right. If you're really aiming at that. I mean, I still write music that's not worship. I mean, that's right. not Christian music, too. I write a variety of stuff, but like for this album, every song I chose does point to God and God's themes in some way or another. But it's kind of like the sort of life house where it's a little more hidden in Song in the entire song. 
and this whole concept is even if I'm in the midst of the storm and I'm surrounded by spiritual attack, I'm just going to worship my way through it now because you're the one that fights my battles, right? And this is how I fight, just by getting in worship with you. Right. And then it's this reminder to ourselves that even though it may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you, God. So I love that song as an example because it's become a widely popular worship song. There's not much to it, you know? But it's what people need to remember in the moment of battle. Where does our focus go? Does our focus go to the battle or does it go back up to God? And I think the reason that people really focus on that or need to hear those things repeated in worship songs all the time is because of the way the human brain works. When we are stressed, we accept over things, right? And if we're going to be obsessing over the stress, we might as well obsess over the reminder that the stress isn't the end of it, right? So in that sense, I don't really think worship music is that hard, right? I just think it's about getting in a moment with God and singing about it. Now, some worship songs are more complicated than that, but, and I think that worship sometimes you need to delve into the pain a little bit more and it doesn't always, but there are some fabulous songs that do. Okay, how would you contrast your previous single, Free Fall, with Believe Again? How would I contrast them? Um, yeah, the writing process. Oh, the writing process. Oh my gosh. I don't think the writing process is that much different, honestly. Because I write from personal experience. Yes. And Free Fall was about personal experience, too. I mean, the irony being, I was telling my guitar player a story. We were in the middle of practice one day. We were practicing first floor we were getting ready to do. And we were in the middle of practicing, and I was telling him a story, and I was seeing this guy at the time. And, you know, when you're seeing someone new, you can kind of get really caught up in the moment and not think very clearly. Well telling him a story about that. And he's like, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of thinking going on in moments like that. And I'm like, yeah, there's really no thinking at all. And he goes, okay, stop. We need to stop rehearsing and we need to write that song. The funny thing is, we had this whole idea of how the song would go, right? And he starts playing with and I like writing with people that are really guitar players because I don't write riffs. I can write chords, I can write lyrics, I can write melodies, but I'm not really a player, so I don't write riffs. And sometimes an interesting riff can inspire an entire song. So that was kind of the case with this. We have the idea and the concept, but we start messing around with all these different riffs, and it comes up with this really cool guitar riff. And like, the first list he played was not quite right. He goes, no, no, it needs to be a little sexier than that. So he does another one. He goes, I like it. What do you think about it? And I said, well, I really like it too, but that's going to take place in a bedroom or a home. That takes place in a speeding car. And he said, well, I like it. I'm like, okay, speeding car it is. <laughs> and he plays the list, and I immediately start getting images of this guy in the hot rod like a young adult playing something, you know, speeding into his girlfriend's driveway and 
sliding in sideways and she'd be speeding, waiting for her to hop in the car, and she comes running down and jumps in on the dead seat and slides her shoots her friend with a glint in her body, you know, and I see the entire picture, and then they speed off with gravel flying and stuff because they're in the hot rod, and they're like crazy young lovers. Sure. So, the risk inspired the entire image of that song and when I got to the chorus it was just automatic to say there's no thinking at all on a free fall. Right. 
And it suddenly hit me, and I'm like, I know what we're going to write tonight. We're going to write learning to believe again, because that is what I'm doing right now. I'm learning to believe again after going through this crazy chaos where everything I knew kind of pressed and burned in front of me, and I have to believe again the good and hope and happiness, all these things are possible. I'm learning to believe again. That's what we're going to write. So I get there, and we do the usual, like, dating your co-writer thing, which I say that because co-writing is kind of like dating. You either mesh or you don't, but it usually goes a lot better if you take some time to get to know each other and chit-chat first. So we spent some time hanging out. We baked cookies and ate cookies and talked about boys and things, you know, what girls do. And we're sitting down thinking, okay, we better actually start writing now. She said, well, did you want to write about boys? And I was like, no, not really. She goes, okay, well, what do you want to write about? And I was like, I'm going to write learning to believe again. She goes, oh, I like that. And I'm like, yeah, because that's kind of where I'm at right now. She goes, yeah. And she's like, I love God, too. And that's great. What? Let's write that. So the first verse, we just painted a picture that for me is a picture of my childhood because I've always been a believer. And... In some ways, my faith has been quiet over time, but I've always had a relationship with God. And when I was a kid, I used to pray every night before bed, and I would just look up at the stars and pray while I was looking at the stars, because it made me feel close to God. So, we started, the first verse was this with this picture, a little girl staring at the sky, I saw God in every shining And then, kind of, the picture of what it's like to be a child before you've gone through all the things that have kind of gotten you to the point you're at, right? And then we get to the chorus, and the says, okay, so this is like a worship song, so we have to be all positive in the chorus, and I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks at me like I'm crazy, and I'm like, look, I get that a lot of worship songs are just positive, like, God is great, God is great, it's all going to be okay, but that is not how you feel when you're learning to believe again. When you're learning to believe again and your life is shattered, you're like in a ball on the floor and you feel like you can't get up. I want to sing the people that are there. Not the people that are bouncing up and down in church. The people that are on the ball on the floor trying to figure out how to get back up and trust God again. And I had a few lines that I'd kind of come up with from a free ride in my head. And we started with how do you trust when your life is shattered. So it started from there, and Erica had this idea to do it as a series of questions, and we got to the chorus. And as soon as we kind of finished the song, um, we get to the bridge, and the bridge is actually a Bible verse. At least it's a piece of a Bible verse, because there's a Bible verse that says, God will complete the work that he has begun in you, right? He has not finished. So... The bridge is, I believe that you're not finished with me and what you started you will complete. But other than that, there are no Bible verses in the song. That's a Bible verse. It's just talking about wrestling with your relationship with God and your faith and belief, right? But it was based on personal experience. And for the second verse, it just came together really easily because it was like walking through the steps of what you have to do. Take a breath and step forward to the layer step one by one the layers of pain that you kind of have to work through and walk through. So, in a way, I would say the process was similar. I think we started with this song more from a lyrical standpoint, 
So Erica was playing. I mean, she's not like a risk player where she it's a full rip that informs the entire song necessarily. She might write like that on certain songs, but this is a song that was about the storyline and the meaning more than anything. And it came together really quickly, actually. We, it did not take us long to write the song, and we definitely wrote it in an hour or less. And we actually finished it, and we're both on this a special song. And we went live. I want to say it was on Facebook. I can't remember if it was Facebook or Periscope or what, but we decided to go live and play it for people right after we wrote it. And everyone really enjoyed it. And I left that night, and I knew right away this is my next single. But God told me, that's your next single. So. I, I love this podcast episode. Um, of course, Brittany, I, you and I first met right after Free Fall was out, and... Um, so I didn't know you were doing the process, but during the um, process, I believe it then, um, um, I, I was there with you, I guess the spirit, and the whole story, everything you just shared, and the whole process is, really that's what makes good music. And I tell a lot of people, when I have them on, I say, you know, we don't want to have bad experiences, we don't want to have um, trauma or heartbreak or or unpleasant circumstances happen. But what makes songwriters special is that an artist is they're able to take those feelings and hand them to words and put them to a melody in a way that it can affect other people. And those songs are money-making songs, and I think that's what's missing in country radio right now. Even though, believe it, it's not country, but the, the, the philosophy behind it, the, the nuances behind it, storytelling and it coming from a genuine place in your heart that is what is missing right yeah no I agree um, I, uh, what made me fall in love with country music when I really got into it was genuineness the fact that it talked about real life and it didn't talk about it in a bigger way but that's true that's a lot it has but I think it's gonna uh, gradually shift a little bit and hopefully shift in the right direction um, by the way, if anybody that you've not heard her song, uh, Free Fall, it's a little bit older, but the music video, she described what she felt, what she thought, or what she saw doing the song, and that is the video, and it's on YouTube, and you can get her song, Free Fall, on iTunes, and I'd imagine anywhere else, and her current project, uh, We'll Leave Again, is the title of the album, and... Uh, not the title of the album, but it is the title of the first single. Oh, I thought it was the title of the actual album. No, I'm calling the album Metamorphic That's right, that's right. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. That's why you have the butterfly cover. <laughs> I had the dirty blocker there, you know? Yes, but yes, me, yes, I'm sorry. To me, it has a spiritual meaning because butterflies go through this transformational period, right? It's metamorphic where they go from being caterpillars in the cocoon where the pressure builds and then they blow into a butterfly and they're free and they go to right? So there's that. There's also the transformational process that happens as far as kind of the transition for where we're marketing the music. So, right. So when, when will that be available? Do you know I don't know. I know the thing will be coming out very, very soon. Touching up a couple of things before it can be released to radio. As soon as it's touched up and we have an actual release date, I will announce it. 
So is that book going to be available everywhere? Books are sold or just like certain, like maybe like Lifeway Christian Store or something like that, or is it going to be everywhere? Uh, you know, Lifeway is actually shutting down. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. Oh, no. <laughs> but it will be in major book retailers like Barnes & Noble. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this.